Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. This week we are continuing our adventure in Tamarant, with more of our playtest of the King Killer role-playing game with Patrick Rothfuss. Let's get to the show. And now suddenly everybody's talking about hanging out somewhere else. I know of some good places we can go to, but as a reward, because I cannot fail this, I need to study. But as a reward, we can go somewhere if you want. I can like get us a coach or something. Pleasure is its own reward. Liz, I would like Chet to make a charm check, I think. Okay. And this is going to be our first player to player check. What I am going to need from you, I mean, you've got so much charm. You've so got much. so much so charm. Much. Amara does have two charm, but one will. Yeah, I just make a make a flip for me. Um, you know, am, so am I spending if, anything or is it you just can like- you can spend if you would like. If you'd spend, you will make this check like overwhelming. I do not need to spend, so but I will. Oh, I dropped it on the ground. It's in my closet. I need to flip the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is heads. Heads. Okay, and I believe we said yeah. Heads was positive for you. Heads is good. So actually, from now on, heads is positive, baby. that's the declaration that we'll make uh so yeah you know a way to make amara nervous because you're up on all of the gossip so you know every single thing that might have gone wrong uh so what is the thing that you want to say to amara to undermine their confidence that they have a problem that can just be fixed by studying (laughs) I want to know what that one was you just thought of. (laughs) Liz is is going on a journey in front of us right now. You know, the demons that we hate the most are the ones we can't escape from because they live inside of our sails. (laughs) Is that what you say? That's it. How do you answer that? Okay, uh, so I... Because he doesn't know, but no, so he's trying to like aim like throw darts at like well like, let's see if I it's know an what you did last issue. summer yeah <laughs> yeah uh so uh, I I would like a Satine I, uh-huh. I think because that was a successful flip from Chet I would like you to have a flashback to earlier in the semester something that undermines the confidence that you have right now okay it'd probably have to do with my reputation and that is probably stronger than my drive to study. Mm. And maybe yeah. I missed out on something I shouldn't have. And so other people have like inside jokes that I don't have. Oh, there was a gala thing across the river and you like did the student choice instead of going and like doing your thing and being with those people. And it turned out to be the event. Oh, yeah. 
and so you've been having like retroactive FOMO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like that. I like that. I like that. So we, I think it's a letter, a letter that you received from somewhat a frenemy of yours. (gasps) It's something like they sent you a letter about this event. uh, And, you know, mostly I think until that point in the semester, you were actually being kind of a good student. In your study sessions with Garlic, uh, things were starting to like click into place. Some of your uh, practical work uh, that you've been doing in the alchemy labs like turned out all right on like the second try. It was going really well. And then you got this letter. I want to know who is this letter from? Who is this frenemy to you? Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice. Beatrice. That bitch. Oh, I dated Beatrice. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, one of Volley's yeah. exes. She, her clothes are nicer than mine. Oh. She has more trunks of shoes. <laughs> she has more experiences, too. She goes on lots of vacations. Yeah. I've been on enough but she goes on way more. And so she always brings back things. And so she's bragging to me about the treasure she brought back from this exotic place. She has a curiosity cabinet. This is a (gasps) thing that used to exist. You didn't have museums. Rich folks had weird shit. And if you came to their house, they would be like, have you seen the the eye of the Shav, whatever it fuck is that? Yes. Oh, yeah. She brought back something that nobody else cared about, but it was like a mineral. And she knows what I'm studying. Mm. So she's like, oh, I got this thing. Oh, she's got a loading stone. That's it. That's it. Beatrice, stupid loading stone. I can go find something else on a different better adventure a bigger loading stone beatrice is currently engaged to a diplomat and has been for a while Uh, managed to be engaged for an extremely long time without a hint of scandal because every time there is the threat of a wedding for whatever reason, her husband-to-be is always called away to some exotic place. And one thing that Beatrice has insisted on is that they be married at home. So Beatrice has turned this kind of like accepted engagement, that's okay, certainly marrying well, into just a cavalcade of exotic vacations where she never has to start on the real difficult work of being a wife. So her life has been an endless parade of pleasures. Perfect. And you talked yourself into attending the university. I I think your teeth go tight again. Satine, I think you can decide right now where everyone is going to go. Where is this place that you want to be? It's one of the places that he went to, that her fiancé went to, that got that freaking loading stone, and I want a bigger and better one. And it's all good. If we if we get if we go and come back before nine days, I'm fine. I, that'll give me a whole day to, oh no. you know. Oh, no. oh you're still gonna try it? Okay. Oh no. Oh, very, oh no. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is relatively close to Imre and the university. I want everybody to give me one quality of this place. A lake. Yeah. I like that. An abandoned manor house. Ooh. Very scary. Extremely scary. Uh, Robust recreational sports leagues. (laughs) Oh my gosh, get out. (laughs) It's a resort town. It makes sense. Oh, chat. (laughs) Uh, Rumors that it's haunted. Yes, 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 yes. Scooby-Doo and the gang going to defeat a ghost. (laughs) I did... I really did when people started telling me their character concepts. I'm like, this could trend Scooby-Doo very <laughs> oh, easily. Oh, no, Thelma. <laughs> oh, my I'm God. Friend. Oh, my God. No, am I yeah. shaggy? Yeah. <laughs> no, no absolutely no, no. not. Not with Chet. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, but it's no better being Fred. <laughs> I am Shaggy Daphne, and Scooby. I, you are Daphne to a T, and that's wild. Oh my gosh, how do we do this? Uh, I need an animal companion, please. You have uh-huh. a very tall horse. I do. It's actually a Great Dane. It's you're you're very thick. It's a Great Dane. You're just like I've never seen a horse. Oh no, wait, dog. It's a tall dog. I met the dog. This is the weirdest horse I've ever seen. <laughs> that dog's Should- the biggest horse I've ever seen. For dog's sure. the biggest horse I've ever seen dogs as horses and horses as dogs. Oh, Chet. Uh, okay, so now we need a name for this place. A, a lakeside resort town with recreational sports, an abandoned manor house, and rumors of a haunting. The ending of this name is Creek. Creek. No. Something, something Creek. Uh, it has to be creepy. Multiple syllables. Uh, Oak Marrow Creek. Ooh, I like the. Oh, I love the marrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except it's actually okay. No, nope, I'll tell James that later if he's interested. I can. Oh, I can. I will be immediately. You know, build weird backstory into anything I come up with. Um, you can whisper on Zoom to James if you want. I'm literally watching thought bubbles erupt from the top of your head. Actually, I'll just. I'll just put it in here for everyone to see and enjoy. Uh, uh, so, uh, Satine, your mind is suddenly full of visions of Oak Marrow Creek. Because, like, it could be near where we grew up and you have a standing invitation from their family. And so, of course, like, oh, you can stay in the manor. It's like, it's free vacation. The manor, uh, their ancestral home, which is like the Pasha's place to stay, right? So it could be we show up not knowing that it is the abandoned uh, ancestral home. Yeah, I think you have a standing invitation from Lady Samista oh. uh, to stay in Oak Marrow. What it is, I, I think, you know, it, it's something that you run into Samista occasionally at, you know, various balls and functions that cannot be avoided. That, you know, uh, home will write to you and be like, you must appear here. And she's super we- creepy and a, a little too old. Yeah, I you know, I think she's probably just in her later 40s to early 50s. But Lady Samista is someone uh, with very wide eyes and also really focuses on her eye makeup. 
And in the wrong light, she reminds you of an owl, (laughs) but not like a wise and portly owl, an owl that has been plucked of its feathers, a horrible alien that looks at you with the hungry vision of a predator. I have the best place for us to go, guys. We are going to have the most fun. Oh, yeah, Mara, I know you have lots of experience. Free trip, everyone. Yeah, the, and the best part about, about Oak Marrow Creek is it is downriver from Imre. So you'll be able to travel there quick. Getting back might be a little bit of a slower trip, but uh, going down is going to be easy. And if you've only got nine days to go on a little bit of a break and really collect your heads, while some of you even go, maybe if Oak Marrow's nice, I'll just stay a little bit. (laughs) A semester, maybe. But it, it would be very possible to to just go for the nine days as well, uh, based on the type of travel that you'd be doing in the proximity. Sounds good. I'm on board. It so- sounds sounds lovely. I'm I'm still kind of distracted at this point. Really try to in my head figure out where did this semester get away from me. <laughs> Garlic, I have the best outfit for you. I have a whole travel outfit. I have like a lake outfit for you. Oh, yeah, you're gonna look great. Will my belt work with all of those outfits? Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I would like to cut to a montage from all of you. Excellent. And I just want to know what does everyone pack for a trip like this? Do we actually have a caravan? Like, do we have a, not a caravan, but like a wagon being pulled by ox or donkey or something? Or we have a van. This would be. (laughs) I would would try to use my leverage to get something awesome for us to travel. I love that. We'll do a wealth flip for it. And I I think this is traveling on the river, uh, Mm -hmm. which I'll I'll ask Pat, what what are river craft like? How do people usually go up and down the river? I can can do that. Do you want her to make her flip? And then based on the success, I'll... Yep. Okay. So Satine, I (laughs) want you to do a traditional three penny flip for me and tell me what your results are. Traditional three pennies, so three yeah, flips. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's uh it's a little meaningful to pay a tinker in three pennies, and so we pay fate in three pennies uh, when tails. we flip for tails, <laughs> heads, tails, tails, heads. So this is mostly bad with a bit of a sunny side to it. Okay, the upside would be that this is it's a billow boat which actually there are no like steamships in this world because steam is not a competitive technology, but there are boats that use sails and sigildry as a motive power source. And because this is, it's still some, some swank technology. There's some prestige attached to this sort of boat as opposed to like a barge, you know, or, something that's just sails or something with just oarsmen. So that's the upside is like a billow boat, but better days and better technology 
or I'm trying not to go crazy old pirate captain because it's just a riverboat. Um, <laughs> River pirates. <laughs> I've moved up and down the silt longer oh, than no. you've been walking. It's, and we're skyjacks again. Um, <laughs> we're going to rough it, guys. And I have outfit for, outfits for all of us. Oh. And it's going to be a really fun time. And then yeah, I yeah. look over at Bali. You know how to use this thing, right? Oh, I would think this would be crude. Yeah, this would... This would probably be a crude thing. And actually, before we get to the boat, now that we know what the boat is going to be and that our, our journey is going to be uh, quick, but like uh, what I think happens is y'all adjourn with this is the plan. We're going to Oak Marrow Creek for a few days at least. But if we're going to go, like right now, you know, uh, interviews are about to start. So we're in the afternoon. And if you want to go soon, like some of those boats are going to be departing and you're not going to have your pick of how you get down unless you hurry. So I just want to see what does everybody pack for a trip like this? What essentials do you take? Garlic just packs a bunch of books and like two things of soap calls it a day. (laughs) Folly has a go bag and Folly's go bag is his hero kit. Bali actually has a for real sword, which you don't wear around the university because that's not acceptable, but he has it. I'm not saying he's practiced a lot in front of the mirror in his room, but he has 100% practiced flourishing this sword in front of the mirror in his room. Oh, okay. So then I think the packing, what, the, what I really want to focus on for the packing then is Bali looking at himself in the mirror in his room deciding how he's going to wear the sword. Oh. Oh, buddy. Oh, like, <laughs> like because on this side, this is my good draw side. Mm-hmm. But, and then it occurs to me I could put it on my back, and that seems, like, that seems kind of, like, he likes the look of that across the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because, and, you know, and I, I realize I'm kind of caught up, and I work on the strap, and and then I remember that they said half an hour. And so, <laughs> and so it's like, it's on my back and I have not tried to draw it from my back. Oh, and so, but I, I grab my hero pack, which has like, it's like everybody, everybody's 14 year old D and D adventure kit. It has, it has <laughs> rope and it has iron pittens. And it's like everything but the 10 foot pole. Uh, these tools you know these like some bent wire my sympathy gear like sympathy wax string you know like everything you could use and it's too heavy but he has it ready by the door because he's always ready to go and like either save the world or rescue the princess or or whatever in his heart this is the apocalypse he's been planning for (laughs) this is good this is very very good what about uh chet well first of all chet's gonna buy the big horse (laughs) (laughs) did you not actually have a big horse before this no i saw the big horse and now it's mine (laughs) now it's my big horse and then everyone don't like that horse and so uh, i bring the horse back to up the stairs to my dorm and he watches me pack um (laughs) stairs yeah so i just gotta teach his name oh the horse uh his name is Terrence. <laughs> Terrence. This Terrence is Terrence. Is he is my big horse. Uh, Terrence. And 
the only thing that Chet packs is an envelope that he tucks into his breast pocket. And the envelope says, my will, last will and testament. <laughs> and on the inside, it says, if you are reading this, that means you have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> As the one who has struck me down, I leave you all of my belongings, both in this world and in the next. Congratulations. Signed. And <laughs> I think you actually, like, you hold that, you open the envelope to look it over, and that's when the audience sees what's there. And you, like, look at it, and before you put it back, you, you, you take a quill and add, including the biggest horse i ever seen. <laughs> Terrence. I, I put his hoof in ink and stamp it on the <laughs> We we see you descend the stairs and also like a, an an eagle eye view of this dorm room and we see hoof prints ink hoof prints throughout the room because <laughs> that is what's happened. I also think what I love a lot about this is you mentioned that it's a dorm. A lot of the wealthy students will get rooms at inns that are surrounding the university, but Chet apparently still stays in the dorms. (laughs) Well, because five people gave me theirs so I could live in a very large, Ah. overly large dorm. Like, way too big for anyone. But I've somehow finagled the biggest room that I could possibly get just because everyone says, like, oh, yeah, Jack can have it. It's fine. (laughs) I could see the wrinkle of whatever it's like. They only put groups of six in, and all of the other people he was originally in there with have long since graduated. So Chet (laughs) is last man standing there, and he knows if he moves, he's going to lose this big room. And so it's Mm. been out of commission for the last uh, 10 (laughs) years, 15 years that you've been a student. Chateau de shit. (laughs) Whatever uh, administrative coordinator at the university is constantly lobbying, we cannot do tontine dorm assignments anymore (laughs) it's inefficient we should cycle in new students (laughs) but yeah i I would like to now focus on amara amara you are the person who still believes that you are going to be returning to the school in just nine days time you are torn between a couple things. You're you're torn between the fact that you didn't do so great the second half of this semester, despite the fact that things just seem to be clicking into place the first half of this semester. And the other thing that, that is now nagging on your mind is your frenemy, Beatrix. Beatrix and her life of easy adventures, a life that you used to live yourself before you talked yourself into attending the university. Now you're packing. You're packing what belong what, what from the belongings that you were able to take to school with you, you are going to take on this vacation. It feels like you have been putting a large life into progressively smaller boxes. And now you're left with deciding who you are going to be on this trip, who you want to be. Oh, that's easy. I have costumes for all of those things. (laughs) Everything is in little paper wraps. So I have full outfits that are paper wrapped. I have a lounging around the manor outfit. Mm. I have a lakeside outfit. So I have them all perfectly set aside. I have a nighttime pajama one. So I kind of, all right, I'm going to be gone for four days And so I'm going to take exactly as many clothes to have four costume changes a day. (laughs) And I have to bring my rollers 
and three wigs and <laughs> um, my little caboodle of makeup. And so I've got probably two suitcases. Oh, classic gentleman's traveling trunk, may I suggest? Yeah. Because where it has the drawers and with the-, the drawers, you open it <laughs> wherever you are because, oh. like, your nobility, this is how you travel. You're still leaving yeah. us a lot behind, but like, you don't go somewhere without your trunk. Uh, yeah, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, heavens do. And I have shoes for every outfit. Yep. But I would like to currently wear my like safari gear. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? It's it's like a sun hat and it has a scarf and it's beige. This is wild for me. <laughs> beige. Oh, oh my. Yes. How provincial. (laughs) (laughs) But I do bring some money, just in case. Mm. And by some, I mean a pretty good amount. But I've heard how things go when you travel, so I put them on the inside of my skirt. Mm. Ooh. All right. I also firmly believe I'm coming back here because I told myself I'm going to graduate. I want that life. I want the Beatrice life. And I can't get it until after I graduate. So I have to come back. I have nine days. I would also say if you're nobility, you're probably staying in a posh suite in an inn. And so, of course, a porter, you merely tell someone to take your trunk, to take your things. Also, since it will play well story-wise, you know, of course, you will also have time to study a little bit. So you would probably take your personal alchemy kit. Yeah, I feel like I would have a cute little travel one. Oh, yes. I think... Everything about this trunk is magnificent. It is a trunk that is like clearly custom built for you. And you clearly petitioned the same person that designed this trunk with all of its clever drawers and pockets and different things that pop out to make an alchemy kit for you, which is unfortunately very much whatever this designer trunk artisan's vision of what an alchemy kit should be, meaning it is style over substance. But (laughs) oh, what style it has. Yeah, and I would like a secret compartment that has presents at the bottom. Ooh. Presents? Mm, presents? <laughs> Treats? That is rad. So we've got everybody packed up. We'll cut to the docks the, the first time that we are seeing this ship. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master. Welcome to the mid-roll. We'll have you back to the episode in a second. I want to thank everyone who came out to JPC's live stream on Saturday. Thanks to everyone watching, his stream raised over $10,000 for the Chicago Community Bond Fund. And because you hit our matching goal within the first couple minutes, the OneShot Network gave $100 donations to Circles and Ciphers, Black Lives Matter Chicago, the Chicago Freedom School, Asada's Daughters, and the Brave Space Alliance. Heroes, I hope everyone is enjoying these Temerant episodes as much as we did recording them. If you know someone who loves the Kingkiller Chronicles, you might want to send them our way. And if you're looking for more good Patrick Rothfuss role-playing content, you need look no further than the OneShot Network. We've recorded a couple series with Pat. One game of For the Queen, where Pat talks a little bit about the world building he did for Modeg, and a series using the Kids on Bikes role-playing game, where we played out a Stranger Things-esque story of kids and their science teacher matching wits with ghosts and the devil himself. 
Those games are in the OneShot archives on episodes 322 and 273, respectively. You can also check out some of the other shows here on the OneShot network, like Campaign Skyjacks, about which Patrick Rothfuss had the following quote for us. Skyjacks is my favorite podcast. It's the one I look forward to most. I hoard it for when I need the world to be better. That is very high praise, and if you want to see what all the fuss is about, look for Campaign Skyjacks on your favorite podcast app. Finally, before we get to the show, I'm going to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Alexander Ellinger, thank you so much. Jake Demers, thank you. Topher Elderkin, thank you very much. Phil Meyer, thank you. Okay, the next name I don't think formatted properly in Patreon's archives, uh, but it looks like Christoph Kovacs. Thank you so much. Kira Mueller or Kira Muller. Uh, either way, thank you so much. Laika, thank you so much. Eric Brittigan, thank you very much. And Ezekiel Scott, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without your help, we wouldn't be able to produce amazing shows like this. Your production dollars help pay our production team of Joe and Casey and paid for the original music by Arnie Parrott that's appearing in this episode. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, you can head to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and sign up at the $5 or more level to get access to our secret archive, which is full of lots of unaired content, including some world building chats between me and Pat. Now with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. How big is the river that uh, runs through Imre? Mississippi big, honestly. Nice. Uh, and it does, it's it does not all the way through Imre. Imre is actually a little a little ways away, but there is a, a nearby dock effect. There's a branch. There's a, yeah. a little port that services uh, both the university and Imre. It's almost a little city in its own right. Mm, that's neat that there's like one full-on city that's kind of like an, uh, a cultural capital. There's the university, which is its own kind of city, and there's whatever industry has sprung up around the river proper, all kind of like drawing people for their own uh, needs and refusing to associate with each other civically. Love that. So we cut to the docks, a, an area that do any of you hang out around here ever? Because like Imre has a lot to draw people. You know, there is theater, there is music, there is all kinds of fine art driven stuff. And of course, the university has its own entertainment as well. There are bars, uh, there are shops uh, that bring curios and things that people from all over the world might come and sell because when you are going to pass through the university, you better bring something good and big because if you're buying something from the fishery, it's going to cost a pretty penny. But at these docks, does anybody ever really d decide to like slum it amongst you? I don't think I would. I've read about how people participate here, but, you know, beyond the actual understanding, I have no idea. I really want to know. When Garlic says that they've read about it, is that like, I've read about it in some kind of civic document, or I've read no. about it in a romance novel? Yeah. Oh! 
For sure. I love, oh my God, are you going to be librarian Don Quixote? Like, I've, I've read all these amazing stories and I want it to be true. Recreational reading, how dare you, Garlic? Oh, the idea. Uh, abolish it. I would like Beautiful. to look around and observe people and kind of read the crowds and how they interact and how they talk to each other and kind of suss out what is appropriate for this scenario. Yeah. Uh, you look back and forth. We kind of see the sharpness uh, that exists at the core of Amara. When most working people, uh, I won't say common people, but, but working people, look at nobility, they see very soft things adorned in shiny things. But there is something very hard and sharp at the core of Amara. Something sharp as flint that exists behind your eyes as you look around at different crowds. And this one presents no more of a challenge to you. You see men and women with gruff voices bartering back and forth. The exchanges are quick and clean. There are winners and losers that walk away from these engagements, but no one decides to stick around long. Commerce moves very fast here. In fact, you can tell that it has already moved quite fast, as most of the boats that are docked here right now look like they're in for a while. And there are scant few vessels that are still ready to be packed and sail off at night because no one wants to start a voyage in the dark, even if they do have good lights. The ship I would like to pitch, the Widow's mm -hmm. Sun. The Widow's <laughs> Sun. It is, it is a big boat. Gloomy. Uh, it is a big boat and uh, like, like big enough for cargo. There is... a a crew, even though the crew is only a few people, but it, you need to have appropriate staff sailing a boat like this in the same way you couldn't hop on your own steam steamboat. Uh, and personally, I, I, I'd love an out-of-world visitation from, uh, from, say, Spit as captain. <laughs> Absolutely not. James, I can assure you, I will be as mean to you as I am on the other podcast. I'm going to be... I, I don't don't threaten Want. me with a good time. <laughs> Disgusting. Worst person I know. So I, I think, like, you make some assessments very quick, Amara, and you see that, damn, you're perhaps even a little bit too late. Uh, you're moving very swiftly. No one could say that Amara has broken into a run or even a jog, but you walk sharply and quickly as you move through the crowds. The porter who is struggling with your heavy crates really barely manages to keep up with you as you cut through making eye contact with different captains and seeing what, what you have feared that they have no room for you. All of the ships that you would have considered to be acceptable have moved, and time is of the essence. How do you find the widow's son? So I'm making eye contact with everyone, and I'm like pushing my way through the crowd, and it's like the last ship, the small one, the very, very end, and it's so dirty, And but I don't want to let my friends down, so I kind of... Okay, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. It's fine. And so I, it's literally the last ship. 
Well, uh, let me know if I'm mistaken, but it seems like you got the look of a person who's looking for passage. <laughs> I look back at my friends and I'm like, kind of ease into my persona. I'm like, that's right. Uh, you have that ship? I, I have that ship. Me and my crew have that ship, and uh, we were considering whether we wanted to bed down here for the night or if we wanted to keep going a spell. Well, I think you want to keep going. Well, I don't know. My boys are mighty tired. How far are you going, miss? How far are we going? I think, like, downriver especially, this would just be half a day's travel. Like, if currents are with you, uh, maybe even shorter. And a ship like this, like, you could probably make pretty good time. We're not going very far. By morning, you'll have a nice bed to sleep in. Hmm. I see. I see. Well, that might be oak marrow, unless I'm mistaken. That's it. That's the one. Well, that's a pretty posh place. You know. I kind of like act casual about it. We just want to go on a ride and we can hang out with you while we do it. You know, we can have some drink and sing some songs. You know, what you do on a ship at night. And I kind of look back at my friends. I'm like, what do you do on the ship? Everyone's like going, (laughs) Terrence is going, (laughs) Well, now I want you to know that uh, we're we're not a pleasure barge or or anything like that. This is a... Someone say pleasure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think I think uh, if if you if that's your trigger word there, Chet, like you can elbow your way to the front. <laughs> Did someone say pleasure? No, no, it's not a pleasure. Yeah, I was not. in the context of there being oh, none. I hate this man. I'm gonna go back to the back of the line. <laughs> Look, we can bring you some fun. When is the last time you had fun? Uh, be, being a, a, a river going man, you know, I like to think that uh, I'm a little fun. And then, uh, like, calling from uh, the ship, he's no fun at all. <laughs> he's never been fun. Now, Jerry, you let me negotiate. You let me negotiate with these people, or you're not getting your cut. I'm entitled to my cut no matter what. <laughs> I look back at my friends and like, I do we want? Is this what we wanted to? Do you guys I want more? Just just walk Let's on while he's arguing. <laughs> just walk on behind him. Just like, well, hey, do no, kind of because... shove, like walk, like yeah. So we can just put our stuff on here. We can get going ASAP. And by morning, beautiful place to sleep. Does that sound good, Mister? What did you say your name was, Captain Person? Uh, <laughs> expectorate. <laughs> Yep, I can say that word. Exter. Inspector. Inspector. Captain Spectre. Well, Captain, how much is it going to cost? Well, let's see. Group like you promising to be as fun as yourselves. <laughs> we'll be very fun. Making for us sure. uh, tack on some time, though, and going all the way down to Oak Marrow Creek. Well, I might. I might call that two talents and two. Oh, well, Captain, I I don't think you're really considering the amount of fun that we're going to bring to this boat. Have you even looked at the people that we have with us? Look at this man over here. Oh, and... does Chet have his guitar? <laughs> oh, oh, he's yeah. absolutely <laughs> strapped caseless to his back. 
<laughs> he is a musician, and <laughs> that just creates endless party. Just you wait. Could, could we lower it to maybe like one talent and a little something? Let's see. Uh, I Well, you know, Garlic, you have thrust yourself into a precarious position here because I'm going to need you to make a charm check. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So you've got like a fairly okay charm. It It's not the best in the world, but like you've invested a little in it. This is a negotiation. And let's see, what are your skills? I don't have a skill in that, but I do have, I was, I have a point in cleverness that I wanted to use for like bartering skills mm. to be able to get what I want. I just hadn't quite written it down in like a concise way. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we've moved on to the other part of the system. So most of this system is choosing which of your stats that you want to use for a, a role, then deciding based on how much you have in that, what your success and failure looks like. You know, the captain has sized up that you don't have many options. You're also going to a place that usually rich people go to. And if that wasn't enough, he is being confronted by Amara, who has a porter who is struggling with very big bags. And also one of you is traveling with the biggest horse he's ever seen. So he knows that your group is going to be able to pay a lot. So in order to get past his defenses, you're really, really going to have to drive at things. So I'd say, do you want this talent? Because uh, everybody has talents in this game that allow them to accomplish certain narrative goals. And we're currently talking about a talent that you haven't assigned yet. Uh, <laughs> did you want this to be active or passive? Active makes the most sense, right? Okay. For an active talent, you will be able to spend an amount from one of your pools, in this case, charm, to achieve a specific narrative effect. Now, I think we had vaguely, before we started recording, talked about like like you knowing when you're being confronted with a good deal or a bad deal. Mm-hmm. And being able to act accordingly. Well, I, okay. I, I think this, isn't this actually uh, in a cleverness? It, it wasn't this? Oh, a, yeah, uh, this was cleverness. That's right. Yeah, that would but be we're doing a charm mm-hmm. check. So you want to use a cleverness talent to assess exactly how good this deal is. So if you spend a drab from your cleverness, that will give you the information on exactly what your advantages and disadvantages in this deal are. Mm, wow, go figure. I have an extra drab too to use. Oh, I'm just going to have to go and use that, I guess. Okay. So spending the drab, you can tell that the captain has clocked your group for having a lot of money for him to drive prices higher. If you were traveling by yourself, this trip probably would have cost a jot, if that. So he's really driving the price up well beyond what it was. And the offer that you made him was mighty generous, all things considered. Mm -hmm. The thing that you also know, though, is you don't have a lot of options. It's not as though you're going to be able to realistically walk away and say that you're going to go somewhere else. He knows he's got you on a line a little bit. So that's the intelligence that you have here. He's in a pretty secure position knowing that he has what you want and that you can afford to pay what he's asking. Can I can I add a little flavor there? Please do. Because what they would also know, these boats do use sigildry. This is university technology. And while they probably have the ability to operate it, 
like the same way that like you have a boiler man. The ability to repair it or maintain it is probably outside their like they they would have to go to a specialist, but like, you know, whether or not we have those skills, you know that those are valuable skills that you could potentially offer. You know, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a sympathist. Amara is an alchemist. You know, we could take a crack. I've got to really sell the crew. At, at repairing <laughs> or, or or doing maintenance or or taking a look at the ship. Would Amara, would she be willing to do something like, 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 excuse me, would she be willing to do something like that? Or is that kind of beneath her? It depends on if Garlic wanted her to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. After assessing the situation, um, okay, well, you have to understand that we are just university students and we really don't make that much. I mean, no, no, none of us really have jobs. I spend most of my time just like sitting inside of a book and like there's no way to make any money that way. So you have to kind of take into rapport perhaps that we have some skills that we can offer. And this place, like, look at this boat, it's falling apart, and I'm gonna stomp on the actual ship. <laughs> and it, it there's a hole. A hole. <laughs> You do that and like some rot wood just like pops away. Oh. Uh, I changed my mind. I don't know. Garlic, I don't know if this is a really good idea. Maybe bad we should just bad boat. Well, well, well. If it isn't the fancy folk who wanna trade a little bit of labor. Spectre's eyes kind of light up with like a gleeful fire. I think we could uh, maybe work something out in a labor some way. One or two of the sigils uh, got nicked down river a couple months back, and we've been dealing it, but uh, we could definitely use with some clever eyes and clever hands if you got the skills to take a look at that sort of thing. We're very skillful, I, I promise. Just lower the price a little bit and really make it worth our while. Maybe if you even stayed there for nine days and waited for us and then you brought us back to, that would be a bonus. Well, we don't have anywhere to stay there. Don't you, In your own s- boat? sleep on your boat? Yeah. Is this your house? <laughs> there is. I, now, isn't now there a, an entire manor house? house? <laughs> I, I, say, I say confusedly. Yeah. <laughs> He sleeps on the boat. Yeah, Volley, the there is. There well, sure there is. Go. I'll tell you what. I'll take you down river. And I'll do it for five jots. If we can stay in that manor house and you do a bits of work on the boat. Can we not see you in the manor house? <laughs> is that a possibility? It's just, you kind of have an odor on you, and it reminds Youngin, me of, like... my name is Spectre. Uh-huh. You won't oh. see or hear from me the whole time. Oh, the name. Yeah, we can be real quiet when we want to. <laughs> I stand behind Garlic, shove my hand down my skirt, <laughs> And uh, pull out the money. <laughs> yeah, the jots fall easily into his palm. He weighs them a little bit and puts them into his purse and steps back. Well, I'd like to welcome you all onto the widow's son. Now let's see just how fun y'alls can be. And I would like a smash cut to that night. Liz, 
How fun is it? Okay, so I'm gonna use one of my talents. <laughs> uh, one of my one of my talents is like it's one of my money talents because mm-hmm. on my sheet I have more money than either Volley or Amara. Yeah, but you have the most money. I have the most money. And it, that is because me and my family happen to get very lucky and live on a very gold-filled river. So I've got cousins everywhere as, that have more money than they know what to do with. So this is one, uh, my active talent is called I Brought a Barrel. So if I spend a drab, I can start a party anywhere. Excellent. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think what we have, there is a song that I think is being played by Chet right now on his acoustic guitar that is the Temerant equivalent of Louie Louie. (laughs) (laughs) And the sympathy lamps on the boat are glowing brighter than they ever have. The deck and, and whatnot, like everything is in better repair than it ever has been to the point where most of the crew doesn't really have to focus on work. I mean, this was a straight shot down river anyway. Like they weren't going to have to do a lot, but everyone has taken some time to pull out a flask and fill it up with something smooth that burns just the right amount. If you walk the Shaldish border, there's an inn along the way that serves the spirits sung about from Yill to Tinue. And I beg your friends, be not like me, and dump these sordid tales. For after just one cup, Miss Darvin Scutton, you'll have no need for mortal ales. Have one if you're a madman, and have two if you want to die. If you live to three, then I swear that you'd be Taylu in disguise. Your eyes across and your hair will gray, and you'll speak the river's name. After just one cup, Miss Darvin Scutton, nothing will ever be the same. that's it for one shot this week but don't worry we'll be back with more of the king killer chronicles next week in the meantime if you're looking for other great role-playing content be sure to check out one of the other programs on the one shot network like neo scum neo scum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. it follows a group of misfits and outsiders z an acerbic cyber troublemaker Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. 
Join the irascible Neoscum crew on a puerile rockin' road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, I want to tell everyone to call your representatives. If you can't afford to donate to a group like your local community bond fund or your local branch of Black Lives Matter, and you can't be out at protests, there is another way you can support this cause. And that's calling your representatives. A brief call to either a municipal or state-level staffer will let your reps know which issues you care about. And that helps push the needle on a national level. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find summaries of different issues affecting the country, along with contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to help you get your point across. Calling is quick, easier than you think, and it can make a huge difference. Thanks, heroes.